Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Randy Herbertson of TheVisualBrand.com. Randy's a recognized brand strategist and creative director with over 25 years of marketing and innovation experience. Brands that you will recognize that he has worked with would be Volvo, Coca-Cola, AT&T, Seagram's, Beef Eater London, and many, many more. Randy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. Great to be here. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Uh, So I uh, sort of fixed my right brain, left brain. I graduated from school with a a business degree and graphic design degree. And so I started out very early. And But my whole career really, uh, the common thread is uh, new products and services. And so that's sort of been the focus of my independent agencies and the focus of all my work, you know, across uh, client side, media side, you know, dot com, et cetera. Okay. So let's do a deeper dive. When did you get started? Uh, when did you start the visual brand? So I started the, so the visual brand is actually my sequel. Uh, my first independent agency, which was called Seaside, started in 2003 in New York City. Basically, classically coming out of a bigger agency saying, why am I doing this for somebody else? You know, let me do it for myself. So I uh, uh, hired somebody, or actually partnered with somebody who I was actually trying to hire in my previous place and not successfully. And he had said, oh, I really want to do something on my own. So we did it. Uh, So sold that in 2011 and way before COVID decided to stop commuting to New York City in 2013 and started it in Westport, Connecticut, uh, five minutes from my house in this beautiful reclaimed uh, post office that I'm in here. Uh, And recognizing, frankly, that like I said, our clients were all over the world. It didn't really matter where we were to do that work. And the only other real commitment I made was to really hire local uh, at the state of Connecticut, which, you know, being in New York City forever, I thought, oh, there'd be nobody in Connecticut, and that was completely wrong. So that's that's worked out really well. Well, congratulations on that. 
Talk a little bit, I mean, because you've worked for household name, global brands. How do you develop those relationships? How do you even get in the door? So I would say that 90% of our work is referral. You know, it, it's that we, it, and it comes from both uh, getting referred within a company, getting referred to a company. Uh, we've had referrals from private equity firms. We've had referrals from former clients. We've had referrals in every possible way. I will tell you, even as uh, really a creative guy at heart, uh, I was not uh, a, a latecomer to LinkedIn either. And I will tell you that being as much as I hate to say networking or I'm a networker, I, I guess I am because I found LinkedIn a great environment to just stay connected with people from a business standpoint. And I will tell you, honestly, that's turned into work. That is absolutely incredible. And then talk a little bit about the types of services that you're providing. What are you doing for a brand like Coca-Cola? So again, our classic assignment is in you know, the innovation area. So our, we're, for a big company, we're most often working with innovation team or with a marketing team who's doing innovation as part of their remit. Uh, in the perfect world, we're also working with R&D and other people if they're, it's, it's a product-based thing. We definitely work with engineers when we're working with services. I mean, our, on a service end, which is an interesting part of innovation, a lot of that work is information design. Basically, how to communicate in a much simpler way a complicated idea. And we've done a lot of work on that in the energy world and green, you know, sustainability and things like that. So uh, that's that's typically, you know, the, the, the places that we work. And the service that we're really providing is, you know, very right brain and left brain. So we definitely have a strategic part of our work. We call it a brand foundation uh, or company foundation. And that's a really comes out of my early days as being a brand manager. We'd create these tomes that were brand manuals that... Uh, or brand plans that you never looked at after you made them. And uh, so we've created something that's much, much smaller and tighter and actively used every single day. And the goal of it is both serves the, you know, the client for using it for anything from the way they communicate to who they're talking to, to you name it. But from an agency standpoint, it's also fantastic because you get on a common ground. So when you present work and the client communicates you, you're talking the same language because you know what your drivers are, you know what your personality is, you know how those interrelate with who your targets are. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, we're trying to reach, you know, women 18 to 24. Uh, so the question is, okay, that's great. That's just a demographic. How do the things that we stand for about relate to that group and what will be important to them? And that's part of what the foundation work does. Um, and then there we, you know, we're full service creative shop and, you know, probably the only, um, kind of not unusual, but unique-ish practices that we have because we do so much new work is that we have a very active uh, 3D, 2D animation uh, uh, rendering environmental design uh, practice because we do a lot of that kind of work. And if anything, in the last couple of years, that work's only accelerated, you know, because everything is, motion is really key. <laughs> Even we're doing infographic work, you know, motion is its own language and you can communicate a very complicated thing in a more accessible way when you, when you, when you incorporate motion. Um, and then again, we're doing a lot of you know, 3D rendering for you name it, whether it's a new product, a new package, um, get a new space for something, that kind of work. All right, so that makes an incredible amount of sense. Can you give us an example of a specific hey, we're taking something complicated and making it simple. So can you tell me a before and after? What was the complicated concept? And then what was your 
brand representation of that? Uh, so the one that comes immediately to mind is a recent one. So one of our uh, service clients is New York Power Authority, which is actually the biggest public utility in the world, I think, I believe. Um, most of their, you know, green energy comes from the dams. It's hydro, you know, uh, but, but they're, you know, thank you to uh, our, uh, the recently canceled governor, very, very aggressive in the uh, uh, advancing in the sustainability stage. So basically they're digitizing and greening energy is what they're remit, which is kind of exciting. So they have been working on uh, one example, a newer thing called blended power. So the, the concept behind blended power simply is that instead of being a microgrid, it's a combination of taking from the grid and also using the energy locally. And, uh, and this is a service that NYPA is promoting it and working both you know, with, from a personal level and ultimately it goes beyond that. But when you, if you'd see the first things that the engineers sent to us, we go, okay, I, could, I just explained that in two minutes, I understand it. I could never tell from that drawing. And again, their audiences are a whole bunch. It's definitely ultimately the public, but it's certainly customers and it's definitely government agencies and you name it. And so you have to create that common ground and so we literally did, we created a much simpler way and a progressive way to show how that works. So again, honestly, you can look at something that'll be 30 seconds long versus, you know, reading a white paper or, you know, 85 uh, engineering drawings. So that's, uh, that's the classic stuff. And again, it's, it's, it's a really collaborative relationship because ultimately they, um, it has to work for them too. They have to say, yeah, you're capturing this whole idea. You're not missing anything. That makes a lot of sense. That's a great example. How, talk a little bit about your research and creative process in terms of how you're figuring out how to translate that. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's definitely, uh, I would say an art and a science, okay? So from an art standpoint, for starters, of course, every company brand has a, uh, a visual language or should have a visual language. And the interesting addition to that is that we also give them a motion language. Okay, because so emotion language is, it's emotive, right? So it's not like, you know, are we aggressive? Are we smooth? Are we, you know, how do we also even, you know, with iconography, which is a common thing, how do we animate iconography? Is there anything which happens just like it is when you read something, you read words consistently from a brand and you go, okay, that's the word they use, I know what it means. It's the same thing with an iconography. You know, when you see something, it becomes the visual shorthand. All right, I see that, I know what that means. The, the motion makes me, pay attention to it, but I don't have to look at it too closely because I'm familiar with what that's doing. So what you can do through the use of iconography, uh, motion iconography is basically communicate a lot of information and they'll go, okay, get it. This also still has this, it still includes that. And obviously you can translate that to a product too. We're gluten-free, we're cruelty-free, we're blah, blah, blah. If you're doing that, you know, perfect example, we do that on Amazon for, for clients. Again, the viewer who's viewing this product that they know, go, okay, I don't have to spend too much time, but I got that piece of information. And it's more powerful than just seeing it in print. Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense. What, I mean, you've achieved so much success for so many amazing clients. What are you, what, what's your biggest challenge now? Uh, besides uh, the current environment? Yes. Uh, <laughs> which actually honestly turned out to be um, a blessing in disguise for a whole number of reasons. 
Um, you know, I actually, I'm a stoic. So I always say, you know, what do we learn and what do we progress forward out of it? You know, uh, my team, like most everybody else in the world, went completely remote for a period of time last year. Uh, we learned to work remotely in the creative process. It's very hard to be linear, like you have to do in a remote environment. Uh, so, but we've learned to do it is adapt from that and be able to be in what is now a hybrid situation where there's some remote and some in person. Um, and of course, that's also translated to the way we communicate with clients. You know, frankly, we communicate with clients. We've always done some virtual. In fact, we were on Zoom long before it became a thing. Uh, but now the communication is uh, is more, more frequently on that and things like that. So I guess the biggest challenge now is just harnessing this and shaping it into what is business practice going forward. How do you have people who work sometimes in the studio, sometimes at home, how do you make that really productive? How do you manage the communication with clients that now, frankly, in some ways is too accessible, you know, that I'm getting texts and G chats and, you know, da, 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 from clients, you know, all the time, and I may be doing something else. And how do you, you manage that and make that work? So um, I do think it's exciting. And I think it puts us in a better place than we were before, but it's, but it's new. Absolutely. What your your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Uh, well, I you know I can say it's it's, it's number one. It's it's great to work for yourself. <laughs> it's also obviously scary and challenging. And if if you aren't open to being a little bit afraid, it's not for you. You know. So I say there there are you know independent people and there are people who need to work in a big company. In a big company, obviously, you have all sorts of other things to be afraid of. Uh, but uh, as independent, obviously, you know the buck stops with you. Um, and in a, when you have a small team, it's the same thing with people who work for you. When you work on a smaller team, you multitask, you have other things, there's uh, higher risk, higher reward. And so I think that's really, you know, what, what I thrive on is the ability to sort of take that, you know, measured terror that you have every day and turn it into something positive. And, and, and truthfully, I do feel that, um, you know, not everything we do is going to change the world uh, that we work on, but there is a lot that does. You know, and I think that's it's exciting to work on things that uh, have that opportunity. That, that makes a lot of sense. You are giving advice to some of the biggest brands in the world on a daily basis. What is the best advice you've ever gotten? Uh, it actually goes goes back to I uh, when I was working for a big agency network, uh, and this actually has turned into something that I've turned into a, a little practice. Um, I had the opportunity to have a coach, you know, when you're in a big, you say, oh, we're going to have a, you're going to have an executive coach and blah, blah, blah. And that, I did that. So the woman I went to taught me something really, really interesting, which is understanding my, what I've now called my creative DNA, which is the combination of, are you a matrix or a linear thinker? Are you a fast processor or a slow processor? So that pure concept that was one session with her 20 years ago has like changed the way I look at everything. Uh, I wrote a little Forbes article around it, but I literally use it in every interview, anybody I meet, I try to assess that. And the goal is not only to how your behavior is naturally and how you modify it, but how it is the person you're trying to communicate with. So if, if you are, like, uh, I'm a very matrix thinker, I'm all over the place, I'm also a fast processor. So if I'm talking to somebody the opposite of me, I have to know how to adapt my behavior, you know? how to listen better, how not to flip around or I'm going to change topics. I have to say, all right, can we move to something else? And they're going to not want to, but they will do with that permission. 
So, you know, honestly, it's, it, it, and again, it's the same thing with a team. I, and it's the one plus one is equals three. You put both styles together, they can create a, a really wonderful new whole. So that, that, that's probably been the most important lesson I've learned. That is absolutely incredible. Who is, and I know not every client you work with is a Fortune 500 company. Who's an ideal client for you? Um, you know, honestly, I love working both ends of the spectrum. So we work with startups and with, with, with big clients. And really because there's a different, uh, there's a lot of the goals are the same ultimately, um, but there are um, different challenges and excitement. In them. I mean, we, you know, we're working right now with a world-class breast surgeon who reinvented the underwire bra. And it's so cool. And, and he's going to change that world. And he came up with a patent after a lot of things. And that's exciting. The other hand, you know, we work with, like I said, a lot of, 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 of big clients as well. Um, but even with a big client, you're not working with the whole company. You're working with a core team. So it's the same thing either way. I always say that to, you know, when we're up against the big agency, it says, that you, yeah, you can work with this big agency, but you're going to work with a small team. Is the small team who you want to work with versus our small team who you want to work with. So it's not a comparative saying, oh, well, they have 500 people and you've got 20. So um, that's really, you know, where it makes a difference. Uh, I mean, that's very well said. Um, for our viewers and our listeners who want to learn more about the visual brand and how you can help them and how you work with clients, where is the best place for them to go? So uh, website is thevisualbrand.com. And my email is just randy, R-A-N-D-Y, at thevisualbrand.com. All right. Well, this has been Seth Green with Randy Herberton from thevisualbrand.com. Randy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. Enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you or talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.